Hello, 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 6 a.m. run community, 6 a.m. runners, 6 a.m. family. Guys, thank you so much. As uh, Again, I want to start another episode I'm recording. For me, I think you guys are hearing this every couple of days, so maybe it's not as bad. I know some days I dedicate to recording, so maybe it's like it becomes a little groundhog day for me. But I do want to start every episode thanking everyone and the fact that you guys are really, really taking these podcasts, listening to them, the feedback I'm getting. I, I'm learning so much from our guests and I don't want to waste any more time of my next guest because I've kind of deferred from runners for a couple episodes and now I think I'm coming back home a little bit. I have Jeff Stoner with us. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on, Amy. No, no. Thank you for taking the time. Um, you have a really great story in this space and I want you to hype yourself up, but <laughs> you eat, sleep, and breathe, and you're in this world. You know exactly who our listener is. Talk to me. Tell me a little bit about yourself. So, well, again, thank you for having me on, and it's always great to be able to talk to the runners. And as you and I were kind of chatting before that we started recording, we do trail running specifically, and trail running is a huge community-based uh, sport. And that's why I love being in it. It's not so much we go and you do a race and it's people are numbers, right? It's you actually get the chance to know people and see them event after event after event. And it's, again, it creates this community. And that's why we love doing what we do. And that's why we do the podcast. So I started in the trail running space back, well, technically 2012 is when we started doing our trail races. But I've been in the endurance category since 2001. When I lived in Boulder and we were doing running races, triathlon, cycling, you know, a lot of consulting with that. So I got kind of that taste for the endurance category, right? And I grew up in Illinois as kind of the main sports, football, basketball, baseball. Yep. And I never really had a chance to connect with the endurance athlete. And as soon as I had that opportunity, it was kind of like no turning back. I had no interest in, in being a part of, of those other sports as far as the event aspect goes. I want to know more about that athlete. I want to know more about those events. And that kind of led us into when I moved to San Diego area in 2005, like, hey, I want to start my own company. We're going to do event consulting and production on running races uh, more uh, specifically. And so trial and error and <laughs> bad judgment and some you know new business owner issues went through the trials and tribulations of that and went sure. through bank went through bankruptcy and figured out like, okay, this is not my path, but I learned this over here that actually brought me to what I have today. Real quick too, I want people to know. Yeah. I think I've had a couple of businesses outside of this. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Real quick, not to interrupt you, Jeff, but I think people need to understand failure as an entrepreneur is, it's tough to say this. It's not truly failure though. No, like it's not. To have a successful business, I think a lot, every entrepreneur, even the I'm a huge Shark Tank fan, I guarantee you Mark Cuban has had probably 30 companies that have failed. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, I, that's the thing. Like, you get knocked down, you get back up. You know, it's kind of one right. of those, it's very rare that you've got a entrepreneur or business owner that comes in and gets it right exactly on the very first time. Sure. Right? So you kind of have to work those things out. Like, if if things are not going correctly, you've got to reposition your company, reposition yourself and how you think and how you do business. And that's kind of what happened with us is I got, I took off a bigger bite that I could probably handle. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, grand scheme of things. I was looking at the 10 year plan in a six month window. Yeah. And it was like, okay, 
after everything happened and I had to go through the bankruptcy, I took a step back and I was like, okay, the big picture didn't work in a short period of time. I now I know that. So what can I do here over the next two years that's going to help me grow this business back up, get me back to where I want to be? And that's kind of where I took those first couple steps into the event production side, into the trail running side, actually. And that's really where I've stayed ever since then. I kind of figured out that this is where my wheelhouse is and what I like to do and the people I love to work with and everything else. So in 2012, I started some races in Colorado, purchased some in Colorado from a friend of mine who was getting out of the business, kind of meshed everything together, created a series there, ran that series for a couple of years before we got going here in San Diego. So fast forward you know, 10 years, I'm now sitting at six events in San Diego County area, Wow, six events in Colorado, and we do four or five nonprofit events and help them produce awesome. their 5k, 10k stuff. So kind of figured out what went wrong yeah. the first time. And, and now it's it going really well. And like I said, the trail running, I wish I was a little bit more of a runner. You and I, again, have had this conversation. Like I've had knee surgeries and foot issues I'm a the 6'5", 240-pound guy. Wow. So running for me doesn't come very easy. So I learned a while ago that, okay, six miles, seven miles is kind of where I need to stay. I don't need to do... Yeah. I, I, would, I would love... This is part... We'll get into the podcast here in a second, but I would love to be able to do an ultra marathon, do that 50 miles or 100 miles. But I just know my body and I'm like, you know, my joints, my knees, my feet, they'll just die out after a certain mileage. So it's like... Eh. Can I back up though real quick? I am not a trail runner. I've learned that it's funny. Same as you, I've, I got into running. We haven't talked to, everyone knows my story, but I know you haven't maybe heard it, Jeff. I was 35 and my basketball and soccer kind of career were done, right? Like, and when I say career, I don't mean career. I meant I couldn't even go to play pickup at the gym basketball because the 20 year old kid was just jumping over me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, oh yeah. <laughs> so that's my career. Like, I don't mean career. Like I was some pro definitely was no Michael Jordan or Tom Brady, you're a Chicago guy. So I'm hoping you love Michael Jordan too. <laughs> um, yep. But what I'm getting at is, so I start running. I love running. This was my long winded way of getting to this. I do run outside when the weather gets nicer. We're on the East coast here, but I literally run on the street, the trail running itself, dude, the injury pictures that are on Instagram, but they're like gnarly. I've seen people with like holes in their legs from like falling in a trail. Can we talk a little bit about that before we move forward? I don't think some of our audience who is not trail runners, but to justify that you're not doing maybe the miles, but I need people to understand part of, and you said the buddy system earlier, this is a dangerous thing. Am I wrong? No, not, not really. I mean, the, you do have, I think that's the separation between road racing and, and trail racing, right? Or road running and trail running is you don't really have the technical stuff on the roads. So yeah, you got your yeah. potholes and all that stuff, but for the most part, 90% of the time, 95% of the time, it's... My smooth. biggest enemy is a puddle. <laughs> yeah, it's that smooth asphalt, sidewalk, whatever it is. Yeah, there might be some jagged spots here and there, but when you get out into the trails, depending on where you're at, I mean, you could be a very technical trail course, and it's like rocks and roots sticking out from the, you know, from the dirt. And if you're not paying attention then yeah, you've got those opportunities for those big injuries like that. Like, the Yeah, I've had light, luckily, like nothing major, knock on wood. I've had light, like ankle sprains. I've still been able to continue, but just like your foot coming on a rock that was on a sidewalk. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
You have it. I think, and we tell our runners a lot of the times when we're doing races is, hey, if you've got music in, or if you're listening to something, please turn it off, turn it down, take one ear pod out or whatever it is. that That way you have this understanding and you know what's going on. If somebody behind you or in front of you is telling you, hey, rock ahead or watch the route and you're not paying attention, you can't hear that and you're not looking down at the ground, you're going to hit that and (laughs) tumble over. I mean, it's so you do want to pay more, a little bit more attention to what's around you. And I think that's the beauty of trail running is you're not in this urban jungle anymore, right? You're out in the wilderness, you're out in the trees and mountains and lakes. And so the, the scenery is it's just epic out there for the most part. So taking that away and paying a little bit more attention to what's around you versus just getting lost into your music sometimes can help out with those situations. We did a race back in November and that's out here in San Diego County. It's called the Black Mountain Turkey Burner. We do it right after Thanksgiving. And we got people come from all over the country that are visiting family and everything else to come run this race. And I have one individual, this race is very technical. So you're going up the mountain at maybe 15 to 17% grade, right, for about a mile and a half. And it's really long and technical, roots, rocks, everything else. And we had a 70-year-old runner just going at his own pace, not paying attention, slipped on the rocks, fell, cut his hand from knuckle to base, opened it up, still continued to go on, tripped again going up another hill and dislocated his pinky, (laughs) got all the way up to the aid station at the top of the mountain, and looked at it was like, put it back in, put it back in. And so the aid station staff put his finger back in, taped him up, and he went right back down the mountain and went on with his day. And he was bleeding all over the place. He's like, I'm just having so much fun out here. And I'm like, all right, man, this is great. So you're going to see that. But I think also that comes with the territory. Sure. Trail runners know that you're going to get some skin knees. You're going to get some bumps and bruises. You're going to get some cuts. And I think that's just part of understanding trail running versus road running. Wow. So now fast forward. So now you pivoted, you know, I know 2020 took events, like canceled them. Did you guys do any like online or virtuals though? Or can you do that in trail or how did that work for you? You can. I think the beauty of it is it's what's weird is, you know, when everything shut the world down, it's shut races down and people didn't at that point in time understand, like we were lucky enough in March to host our last race here in San Diego a week before everything shut down. Okay. So then I had, you know, race director friends that were having to shut their events down the, you know, one or two weeks after that. And everybody was complaining like, why, why, why can't we do this? Why? Like, this is horrible. Fast forward to like a month or two into, into it. Like nobody can do races. Everybody understands it now. And now you're shifting to these virtual events. And I think the virtual aspect of it, and people understood it, wanted to support the small business, which Mm -hmm. is great. Mm -hmm. You start having all these virtual races pop up and us included, we started doing, you know, once we got done with our San Diego market, we started our Colorado market. So we had to do virtual events for pretty much, I think we ended up doing out of six events. We ended up doing four virtual events in 2020. Okay. It was one of those things like the first few events was really good. We had a lot of, you know, good virtual and it's kind of the same thing. Like we just send your medal, we send your shirt out and you can go run the course wherever you want. If you want to run the exact course, great. If you don't, you just want to run it at your house, by all means, go for it. Nice. But I think what happened with that is those social media companies, right? Like Facebook or and Instagram, they all of a sudden are like, Hey, here's our virtual run, do this. And they're able to promote it to thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And 
those virtual runs kind of took it away from the small business virtual runs. When we stopped doing virtual runs about midway through the year, I was like, it doesn't make any sense for me to do a virtual run with 20 people. Whereas the first time we did a virtual run, we had like 150. And I was just like, I can't hang with these companies that are getting medals and shirts for pennies on the dollar. Can I tell you something too? I saw we did our virtual runs. We did two that I think we did very, very successfully um, when all this happened. We even started the hashtag running is not canceled during 2022. And that hashtag, it's funny. I just checked it like last week and now it's like almost 200,000. People are still using it, which I love, by the way. (laughs) But what's crazy though, let me tell you, I think what people discovered, especially we saw a little bit of a dip in the second, then we did one kind of, we try to always do something healthy before Christmas for the holidays and kind of Mm -hmm. stay healthy while you cheat, right? I think people realize like as they're doing it, they're like, dude, this is boring as shit. Yeah. Like, wait, I'm just running. And then they were taking their own pictures. And I think it got to the point, and I think the pandemic made us sick of doing anything introverted, kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think just people got, I don't think you were alone in seeing like people just kind of over it because I think we oh, yeah. saw the same thing. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think you got about halfway through the year, like that June, July timeframe when people were kind of sick of being cooped up in their house. They're like, yeah, but I don't want to do another virtual run. I don't want right. to, like, they want to go out there and run with community. It's what's weird here in San Diego County. So they shut everything down, but they still allowed the the parks and the trails to be open. So then all of a sudden people were like, all right, well, we're just going to go for hikes. Well, then all of a sudden it became where you might go on your trail run on a Saturday morning. You might get your typical like 20 to 30 people. Now all of a sudden there was 150, 200 people with their kids and their dogs walking on the trails. And finally San Diego County was like, no more. We're going to shut down trails and everything. So they completely shut down the trail systems, the parks, everything. So people couldn't gather in those situations. So I think that in itself packed on top of, you know, the no other events like June and July, definitely here in San Diego County, you saw it. Like people just didn't want to do virtual runs anymore. They wanted to get out and be in the community and, and run together and all that stuff. So it's, yeah, there was definitely some people getting fed up and companies getting fed up doing the virtual run. So I'm glad that we're past that now at this point, you're seeing races come back, whether it's road or trail or triathlons or cycling, you know, obviously concerts and all the big sports are back. So it's great to see that. And we've seen a lot of that community come back and it's great. Like we just finished off our San Diego season here a couple of weeks ago. And it was just the, the smiles on everybody's faces being able to do each and every one of those races. It was just nice to see that again. You know, you kind of miss that over the last years. Awesome. Kind of now we kind of come out of the pandemic. Are you guys back open to like now the actual in-person? Did Have you had one yet? I love that. I think this is for me, I did the New York City Marathon and it was like early November, end of October. That was for me, like, I was like, wow, it was awesome. People were really excited to be back in person. Um, I just saw that you're closer. I just saw LA Marathon was this past weekend. Yeah, It looked like everyone was doing the LA Marathon. What are your thoughts as we go into this spring and summer? Well, yeah, I mean, it's great to be back. And it's weird because every state's a little bit different still. Like I think uh, California, they just raised it up. Now you can have upwards of 10,000 people before you have to go through this extra permitting situation with COVID mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But like you said, LA Marathon was back and almost at full capacity this past weekend. So it was great. But I think moving into, I don't, uh, even if there's, you know, another strain that comes out, I don't really foresee any other shutdowns from an outside event perspective, right? I think we've gotten to that point in an understanding uh, with everything that outdoor events are accessible and, and easy to do 
even with stuff that's going on. I mean, our events aren't anywhere near a thousand people. I mean, we average roughly about 350 here in, in Colorado and we average roughly about 450 here in San Diego. So we're not dealing with huge numbers um, mm-hmm. at all. Went off without a hitch this past fall and winter time. Our events in, in uh, Colorado are scheduled to go on uh, with no problems whatsoever. Uh, you know, last year, 2021 in the summertime, we had a few things that we had to kind of follow. We had to, you know, do, you know, make sure everybody washed their hands as they came into the event venue or answered COVID questions or whatever it was, you know, make sure we spread people out when it started the race and everything else, but we don't have to do that anymore. It's kind of just one of these back to mass start. People can come and hang out at the finish line, have a beer, have some food and just enjoy the the community together. So I don't foresee any problems at least, and I was uh, just speaking from the trail perspective, right? I, yeah. I can't really speak on everything else, but from the trail community and races, I don't foresee any problems moving forward. Awesome. No, I love that. This has been an amazing story. Are there some memorable or charities you've worked with for some of your events? Have they been for charitable organizations or what are some of the purposes of the events? If you don't mind me asking. No, not at all. I love giving back. I mean, I think it's great if we can partner up well, and I try and partner up like one or two charities per year with our events. Like Colorado, let's see, last year in Colorado during the summer, we partnered with the American Cancer Society and their Relay for Life initiative. Mm-hmm. And we partnered with Girls on the Run. Oh, yes. My daughter did that at their school. That's national. Yeah. Yeah, that's a national thing. So the Rocky Mountain one is a little bit smaller, but the one here, Charter here in San Diego is huge. And that was our main charity that we gave back to in our San Diego races was Girls on the Run. They sponsored our kids' dashes. So any kids' race that came out, any money that we raised during our kids' races went back to them. Um, and we usually do like a dollar amount back towards them per race registration and stuff. We try and do that every event. This year in Colorado, we're changing up a couple of our foundations we're working with. Uh, we're still kind of going through that process to, to lock them in. But I love giving back where we can. Um, I think that's all part of the community. And people really love coming to events knowing full well that they're helping support other smaller nonprofits or charities, you know. And that's part of the reason why I love working with nonprofits to help put their 5Ks on. Like I said, we do about five of those in a given year. And each time I try and work with them to make sure like, hey, I want to make sure you guys make money off this. So let's figure out a way to do it. Like, does that mean that I have to scale my costs down a little bit or to or we have to raise, you know, raise the rates up a little bit. However that is, I, I always want to make it so that the, it's always a benefit for everybody. So I love working with charities like that. To finding a way to get more people involved in the running community, whether it's road or trail. Awesome. Tell me what kind of the future holds for the, the trail life. Because trail running, it's a running sport, but it's a separate sport. Some of the most popular trail runners you've met, maybe you can kind of talk about them real quick. Um, you have your own podcast. Can we get into, we, we talked about how you pivoted for COVID, but then the, the Trail Life podcast was a result of that. Are there famous trail runners that you've met or had on the podcast that a trail runner would know? Maybe a trail runner that 6am has a client would know. Can you speak to some of the people that are part of your community that are big in the trail running community? Just like you said, right? we started the Trail Life podcast because of everything that got shut down. So we used it as a way to keep a connection with our community, right? We wanted to bring people on that we knew that could share their trail running stories, uh, coaches, nutritionists, uh, whatever it was, just to help better the trail running athlete, whether it's for your next race or for your next run. We wanted to make sure that we shared stories for that. And so that we can do that. We're a weekly podcast. I love that. I think that's one of the best things that I love about talking to people is I get a chance to hear 
the stories behind everybody, right? I get a chance to see people at these races and say hi and ask them how they're doing, but I don't really ever get a chance to sit down and have a full on hour, 45 minute to an hour conversation with them to find out where they started in the sport. Right. That's the amazing thing with it. And I I love doing it and we'll continue to do stuff like that. uh, Whether it's, I've had a chance to talk to a lot of local and now I'm talking to a lot of national uh, people. I just talked to a couple of people in in New York and Alabama about traveling out there that I have. And that's the thing, like, just like you, I love to learn from people, Mm -hmm. right? Like I learned a lot about New York city trail running, which I didn't think was a thing, but I learned about trails in New York city. I learned about what trails are going on down in Alabama and Nashville and everything else. So it's really cool to do that. But it's also great because I get a chance to speak to, like you said, the the big time, maybe the more well-known trail. We just had a conversation with Mike McKnight, who is, he's probably one of the greatest trail runners of all time. He's very humble, so he'll hate that I say that, but uh, he's the king of the 200-mile races. We talked to Sally McRae, who won the Badwater 135 last year, and so it's one of the toughest races in the world. So we definitely have the opportunity to, to speak to the more elite runners, and it's really cool to be able to hear their story versus what John Doe weekend warrior is going through too. Cause there is a lot of similarities to a lot of those conversations, you know, and it's, yeah. it's really cool to, to hear how they got started and whether it's just into trail running or just into their fitness, you know, what, what brought them into where they are now. It's, it's always fun to hear people talk about that stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's awesome. Listen, this was an amazing episode for me, Jeff. I love your story. I I'm going to be a fan and follow you guys moving forward. It's funny, one of my personal, and I'll say it on the air, one of my things I'll say, I have a goal of kind of doing some trail runs, right? Like I want to try it. I'm not going to lie. I know like for me, it's funny, we talked to a hypnosis counselor who kind of does some psychological work with kind of like hypnosis on athletes and things like that. When I run, I get in this kind of like zone, right? Like it's my time away from my wife and kids, right? And I love them to death, don't get me wrong, but even work, stress. That's my hour every day of just like my six miles, my time. And it's that euphoric feeling when I finish. But sometimes when I finish, I'm like, holy shit, I was almost like in an out-of-body like (laughs) state almost. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And now what's crazy is I know to watch out for cars and I know to not cross the roads, but you know, you followed the rules. You know what I mean? You can 99% sure you're like, I hope I followed the rules. Um, (laughs) But that's why I think I'm scared to trail run, to be honest with you. At 42 now, I started the company and, and the idea for this company when I was 35. But the last summer, I never forget, I was going to go out and run after a little bit of a rain. I waited for the rain to stop. Tiny ass puddle. And I was like, man, I got this. I went to jump it. And it was like way more effort than than I, <laughs> I, I, I like was ready. You know what I mean? I was like, dude, I literally just almost died jumping over a puddle. So what would your advice be to me? You're in this world, obviously a little more than me. Can someone like me, 42, little nervous. I just told you how running is like my like transcendual escape from reality, but I would really love to try trail running. What I think you need to change it up. Oh, a hundred percent. Just being out in nature at one is like, it's going to give you a completely different feel for your run at our races and our races specifically. And I can't speak on everybody else's, but our largest percent of our runners, like 32% of our runners are 40 to 45 years old. Yeah. Followed quickly by 45 to 50 and 35 to 40. So we're actually seeing more of that middle age and God, we're both in that middle age category. It's 
but in that middle age category of 35 to 50 is our huge biggest demographic. Um, so for anybody who's in their 30, you know, yeah, early to mid 40s or getting into their 50s, yes, you don't stray away from the trail running. If you want to go try it out, try it out. One of the things that's always kind of good to know, though, is one, let people know where you're going. Uh, if you're going to go out for a trail run for two, three miles, but it's not a spot that you've ever been to before. Hey, just send a quick text to somebody and say, Hey, listen, I'm going to be on the trail. If you don't hear from me, give me a call, whatever. Know the trail itself. Make sure that um, kind of have an idea of where you're running, what kind of trail it's on. Is it a groomed trail? Is it technical? Is it a lot of hills? Is it flat? So kind of have some of that idea. Okay. And, and as I said before, like you said, you kind of get zoned out when you're listening to your music. What I always tell people is either take the music completely off or just into one ear pod. So that way you kind of have an idea of what is going on around you as you're listening to that music. But you typically, man, like you're out in the wilderness. You don't really need, I think that the, the scenery out in the wilderness takes that stuff away anyway from. No, I, I think too, I think as you get to that place and you're kind of, even for me, to your point, I think what I've done is I've moved over. I hope they pay us one day to plug them. I use the treks because like it's not the in the ear kind of headphones and you still hear the music very beautifully um, yeah. or podcasts. I do a, a lot of podcasting listening more now or audiobooks. I've been doing a lot of audiobooks recently. This is truly my last question. We talked about the dangers, this and that part of the dangers. I will say this part of why I probably in a trail wouldn't do any music at all. Have you encountered now California's got coyotes and things like that. <laughs> What's the, fiercest animal maybe you've seen on a trail or made you like go the other way? <laughs> uh, this is a great story. So, you know, the, yes, there's, there's a ton of mountain lions and uh, coyotes here in San Diego. Um, you're going to see, you're going to see that in Colorado too, or wherever you're going to, you're going to have that wildlife. And yeah. for the most part, they're not, unless they're completely hungry and you're running at the wrong time in the morning or evening time when it's their time to be out hunting, then you'll be fine. I, I don't think yeah. Don't really see them out there when it's completely daylight out. But one of the things, so we've got a race in Colorado. It's called the Snow Mountain Ranch Trail Running Festival. It's up in the mountains over at uh, Granby at the YMCA at the Rockies. And every year we see moose out on the trail. Uh-huh. And if you've never seen a moose up close, I mean, it looks like a Clydesdale with the horns, right? It's huge. And oh, this is about 2000, I think 2018. We had our first and second place, third place runners on the last mile and a half or my last two miles of the course. And all of a sudden they're running down the trail and right next to him out of the corner of the leader's eye, he sees a moose running right beside him on the trail, moose. just parallel with him. And so it's kind of one of those things like they're great to look at. Obviously you don't want to go up and try and pet them no, yeah. <laughs> because they're pretty, pretty well mean, but luckily the moose started speeding up and got in front of him and cut him off on the trail and went into the wilderness even more. But as I was talking to him at the, at the finish line, he was like, there was this moment where you want to shit your pants, but at the same right, time, right, right. you just got to smile at the fact that you're running side by side yeah. with a moose. Right. But you're so scared. Like he was like, do I slow down and now let people pass me? Do I keep going faster? Like, what do I, it was this, this mentality of like, uh, do I go left? Do I go right? Do I slow down? Do I speed up? What do I do? And luckily it worked itself out where the moose just kind of sprinted ahead and, and jumped in front of them and it was totally fine. But yeah, we've seen that a few times, a couple of our Colorado races where it's, 
some moose or some, a lot of times it's deer and stuff, but deer's not going to do anything. I'll say a story and we try, our Facebook group is growing and our community is growing, but I do want to share a story even with our audience. One of our customers, uh, and, and I won't mention her by name, but a lot of our really close community guys will know this. And she posted an image of a gun holster that she was going to wear while she runs. And in our group, what I love about our group is we don't get political. We keep politics, religion, like we keep all that stuff out of it, right? But it was funny that you're bringing this story out of me because my group's never heard my accounts on this story. And of course, the group got real like political on this post. Gun right, you know, people and all the right to bear arms kind of side of it. And this post just turned into like this insane thing that I did not want in our group, right? And the woman who posted it, she just kind of comes on and she's like, wait, guys, I run with this because there's freaking mountain lions on my trail. <laughs> like it wasn't about, oh, I want to kill a mugger. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. She literally was like, well, wait a minute. I just don't want to get eaten. And it was like, I think everyone had that, oh shit moment. Like we just took this post like to where it shouldn't have gone. You know what I mean? And yeah. it was like, so your story brings that in me. And again, I want to say to our listeners, to you, look, I love that 6am is a place of escape. I think we all have our own views and politics and stuff. But to your point, it's like, that's one trail running has always just been this, like, it's something for me, I'll say, and Jeff, as we end this, you know, I give you a ton of credit. You've also seen a niche within a niche that you market to. So don't stop doing what you're doing. I think what you're doing is a good thing. Like I said, that post alone right there made me ever since that post, I'm in awe of trail runners, which you guys do. It takes some balls <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully one day I can get some of those and do it myself. But until then I'll stick to my nice, soft, cushy sidewalks. <laughs> well, yeah, it's always anything new. It's always taking that first step forward is always the hardest thing to do. Right. <laughs> so yeah, we'll get you, you can get on the trails eventually some, sometime soon. My wife and I, we're hopefully going to move out. I'll say this on air too. We love California, South California. Every time we come out there, we do visit the San Diego Zoo, by the way. So maybe hopefully soon we can also get up in person. Even this summer, I know we're going to, my daughter's actually got a couple AAU tournaments out on the West Coast. I'm hopeful to get out there and we usually do a summer trip out there. So definitely, Jeff, you're someone I want to get with. Love your business model. We'll push this. Last thing, Jeff, say whatever you want to say to close this, but mainly let's also get all your social and your websites out there as, as you say goodbye, sir. Oh, yeah. Again, thank you for having me on. It was great uh, being able to talk trail running. That's one of the things I love talking about. So thank you very much. It's the Endurance Race Series is our trail running business. The Trail Life Podcast is our podcast that we do. ERS Events is our Instagram and Facebook tags. And the Trail Life Podcast on Instagram also is a place you can find us. Awesome. Again, thanks, everybody, for listening in. This is a great episode, Jeff, and I hope we can have you on soon. And any events you have, come to us so we can let people know that are in the West Coast or even if there are some that can be done virtually. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. <laughs>